Music says a lot about a city, but what about a country, especially one as vast as Canada? I'm Canadian music journalist Karen Bliss. Turn it up with me to explore the vibe of Canada's thriving music scene. Explore Vancouver on the rugged west coast of Canada. It's a city known for its coastal beauty, but what about its music? Visit Canada.withspotify.com to discover the music of Vancouver and explore Canada's rich music scene from coast to coast. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome once again to the Moore and Connolly Football Show, the podcast that gives you your fix of the NFL with a little Ali je ne sais quoi. Big shout out as always to the Gridiron family, of which we are proud to call ourselves a part. My name is Tom Moore, talking nonsense since 1986, and joining me, as always, is the godfather of the family. It's Ollie Connolly. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. How are you? I'm not bad, but you've been ill this week with some kind of mystery illness. Do you know what it is? Have you identified it? I have not yet identified it. I do know that my brain no longer works. My brain is, I think, uh, the official definition would be mush uh, and has been that way since probably Monday. And I put that down to probably working 20 hours a day for eight weeks and then traveling to London with 90,000 humans was probably not best for the old system. And I saw you down in London. We, yeah. we had a quick meetup outside the me- very fancy looking media centre there at the Tottenham yeah. Hotspur Stadium, my friend, with the scanners and everything and people going through. Um, and you you did seem a little bit, whew, you, you were a bit tired, Ollie, but uh, I was. it was delightful to see you once again, my friend. With Grey, we had a nice embrace, I think multiple, uh, if memory serves. My brain is not mush. Um, and I put that look down to McQuaid for taking me out on Thursday night. Um, Will Gavin, also on this network, taking me out Thursday night and Saturday night. Um, and so, yeah, by, by that Sunday, um, tired. I was tired by the time the game rolled around. We will talk a little bit Packers later, Ollie. Believe you me, we're going to talk about that. But just so everyone knows the lowdown for today's show, we're going to hit you with the NFL headlines. And these are the headlines we think we're going to see next week on Tuesday after this slate of NFL games. Then we're going to go to this week's game show, which I'm looking forward to this one, Ollie, is Tenable. And Tenable is the game show where there's a list of a top 10 and you've got to name everything in the top 10. I think it's a great format, Ollie. Are you ready for that one? Yeah. Is that is it some kind of concertinering? Do you have to kind of go up the steps? Do you just get the 10? <laughs> no, you, you can pick any order you, you want. You just have to, they have to be in the top 10. But what we'll do is we'll work between us as a team. And that's what happens in Tenable on the final round. The team to win the big prize. You do one, I do one, you do one, I do one. See yes. if we can get all 10. Um, and then we will finish with listeners' questions, and we've got some crackers, including a submitted voice-recorded question, Ollie, which I'm really looking forward to. That sounds great. I also have to announce later a new competition prize <sighs> that we will start doing for the game show. So there's a little tease if you fancy being in the running for winning something. I will not announce it yet. Hang around until the competition portion of proceedings, and there'll be prizes afoot. So I didn't even know about this now. I'm intrigued. What I is only it? thought of it 12 seconds ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Ollie. That's the way we roll, ladies and gentlemen. This show is prepared, but only to a certain degree. <laughs> you can uh, find Ollie on Twitter at Ollie Connolly. You can find me at the underscore Tommy underscore more. Try to make things complicated for you there. And of course, you can find Gridiron on Twitter as well. So now, Ollie, before we get into the bulk of the show and into those headlines, as usual, I think it's time for me to hit you with a little bit of story time with tom again always now do these come from your rendezvous in london no this did not my rendezvous my london trip was absolutely fantastic went down there with my dad my uncle my two cousins younger cousins and it was a fantastic trip and we had a really great time there watching the packers even though they lost it because the tottenham hotspur stadium ollie is it really is something special isn't it it really is. And I have to say, you know, I don't go to a lot of those London games because I'm doing other work around different games. Um, everything I do is usually being around working for US media companies. So I don't usually have the capacity to go and just do the London game, which is kind of a bizarre situation. Um, but I've been to a few and I know everyone said by now that it, like the, the crowd was unbelievable. And that stuff. I actually found it borderline emotional when Aaron Rodgers came out the tunnel. The, the wall of noise there was completely unusual. For anyone who's been lucky enough to go to a big-time college football game, it sounded like a college football game. It did not sound like any of the NFL games. I've been to big games at Foxborough for the Patriots. That's not how NFL games sound. That, that has a similar roar to kind of like 
um, I don't know, a championship club scoring a goal or, like I said, a big-time college game on third down. It was kind of a wall of noise. And I know the stadium helps with that, but it was also raw intensity, which I think was helped by the fact that the Packers fans had come over in such large numbers to to London for the game. And you've been to Lambeau, Tom. Lambeau is not famously loud. That's not what it's about. It's about, like, history and elegance um, and the the love of community. It's not, it's not always, like, a vociferous, angry, like, you know, Alabama, Auburn crowd. But there was this just major wall of noise, um, particularly when Rodgers came out of the tunnel. I found it quite emotional. It was. I mean, I was emotional, obviously, even though I have seen him play before. And as a Packers fan, obviously, it's probably the last opportunity, realistically, because we're not going to go to over to Green Bay again anytime soon, to see Rodgers play. Um, now, and interestingly, in the noise, Ollie, I am deaf in my right ear, almost totally due to a tumour that turned up in my ear, and it's still there, and it's still growing, which is slightly annoying, but don't worry, I'm okay, guys. Um, but essentially, it's left me with a tinnitus, and therefore really, really sensitive to very loud stadium noise, for example. And in Tottenham, it really got to me. So I wore an earplug and it shows you that the noise was incredible. When I was in Green Bay, I remember that all I remember, it wasn't, it was loud, but it wasn't nowhere near as loud as it was in at the Tottenham Stadium at the weekend. All I remember is one guy, it was the year that AJ Hawk was just like out of this, out of his mind towards yeah. the end of his career. I think it was the season was as well the, where... The, the Al Jazeera year, was that that year? Maybe, I don't know. I think it was around the time Clay Matthews shifted inside. I can't remember, Ollie, but... All I remember is just hearing this one guy repeatedly saying, come on, AJ Hawk, show up this year. (laughs) He just kept saying it over and over again. And that was quite amusing. Anyway, I think that was the first time I went to Lambo. It was the Scott Tolzien tie with the Vikings where Rogers did his collarbone. That was the first time at Lambo. (laughs) Scott Tolzien scored like a a touchdown run from about seven yards out. We put a spin move on one of the Minnesota defenders. It was, oh, it's good to behold. Anyway, shall I return to story time and top? Please, yes. Okay, story time with Tom. Interestingly, American themed as well, because this is about guns. But just bear with me, Ollie, because it's actually quite an interesting story. So for my birthday this year, we've got some very close friends of ours, and they bought me a voucher to go clay pigeon shooting. Oh, wonderful. Exactly. Now, what was interesting is the male in that marriage had received a similar voucher from another set of friends. It was like a chain of people being (laughs) given vouchers to go and shoot some clays. Anyway... So we said, well, why don't we go together? So we took the trip. We live in Nottingham. So we drove out. It's out Leicestershire some way uh, where you can still get gun license, apparently, in Leicestershire. Um, strange that you can't do that in Nottinghamshire. May have something to do with the reputation that the county has for gun crime. But I, and anyway, we'll move on from there, Ollie. But so we went out and we went clay pigeon shooting. And the, the coach we had, the, the kind of guy who guided us through and gave us advice, he was in his 70s, Ollie, but he was fantastic. He'd line you up. He'd say, this is what you need to do, my boy. This is what you need to do, my boy. And he was absolutely brilliant. And out of 25 clays, I hit 16, which I thought was pretty good. Very impressive. But what was interesting is we were going between kind of posts where you have a little hut and we where there's different setups in terms of releasing the clays. And in between that, we were chatting with this guy and we were just saying, it's so peaceful. It's so relaxing in terms of... And, and we were shooting guns, which made quite a racket, you know, and we had the, the ear defenders on, etc. But... It was so bizarre. And I thought, maybe I should take this up as a hobby. I thought, really? Because I'm very anti-guns. Anyway, but then as we were trying... This is a gentlemanly shooting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is where where it's really interesting. As we were driving home, I said to Yosef, I said, he's Greek. So it's Yosef, my wife is Greek. Obviously, these are Greek friends of ours. I said, that's very interesting. I wonder, you know, what age people get into it if they end up in the Olympics. You know, and he said, "Yeah, no, that's a good. But I'll have a look." So he looked on the website. <laughs> you bring you, yes, no, it's, it's right. It, this is where it gets weird. But also, it it, it questioned my, it, it challenged my conceptions of the shooting as a sport. Anyway, so he looked up and said, "Hey, Tom, there's kids' parties on this <laughs> at clay pigeon shooting, and basically, kids as young as eight will go shooting. And at this party, you get so many." shells as they're called per child and then you get cake and ice cream too and a drink and i was just thinking is that weird or is that actually just completely fine and then thought 
do I want to take my eldest to go shooting when he's old enough? I think he'd actually really enjoy that. Ollie, just so many questions in my mind. Have you now booked it? Now you're talking to someone who grew up in Cheshire. Believe it or not, I went to a young birthday party at a clay pigeon shooting place. Yes, one of my best friends growing up owned the clay pigeon shooting place. So it was a regular Sunday stroll occurrence for me to just go and get 50 off. That's just what you would do. Now, what I think everyone is wondering right now is, what did your pull sound like? What do you mean, my pull? What does it sound like? When you, when you shout your pull, everyone has their own little way of doing uh, it. Are you well, going to tell me, was this like going off the, off the close teasing golf? Was, was, was the adult shouting pull for you? Or were you doing your no, own pull? No, the 70-year-old was going, are you ready? Are you ready? And then he goes, here it comes. And then he did that. So I'd appreciate it. But when he was showing us, similarly, yeah. he would say pull and we would do it. Now, immediately, if... If the way I would sound is, do you ever see the Naked Gun film where Leslie Nielsen is in the baseball scene? Of course. Now, you know when he's calling a ball <laughs> and he kind of goes, oh. <laughs> I'd do it in a Leslie Nielsen style. So I'd, I'd call it and I'd go, oh. <laughs> I like that because what the guy might be a bit slow on the draw and you might buy yourself an extra second. That's quite good. Exactly. How did you call your pull? Uh, pop. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I love it on it. It's fantastic. I just, I've got to watch that Naked Gun film now. That still remains one of the best sequences, that baseball part of the original Naked Gun film that, that I've, I've ever seen, Ollie. Um, you know what, my friend? We've talked for non- nonsense for, uh, for long enough. Let's get to the headlines. So, headlines for next week. This is the news before the news, and Ollie and I are going to throw down some headlines. So, to start off, Ollie. I think I've got to address the Green Bay Packers. I said we would talk about him. So this is my headline for next week that you are going to see. Jet plane to oblivion. The fall from grace continues for the Packers who get humbled at home to the New wow. York Jets. And questions abound, Oliver. About? Is Rogers on the decline? Because between you and me, when I was there in Green Bay, in Green Bay, when I was there at Tottenham at the weekend, watching it in person, I appreciate there is a subtlety around the development that you go through with wide receivers, timing, etc. He's played with Alan Lazard for a long time, Ollie, and he was missing in by five, seven yards. It wasn't in the same ballpark. I am concerned that this is not the Aaron Rodgers we know. I, there's a real weird thing going on here with him, and I don't want to get too deep in the scheme because that's not what our show is about here, but there's a real duality going on of the quarterback he wants to be and the quarterback that he is. And we've seen this with him right at the nadir of the McCarthy days, right? It was the, 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 the worst part of this where he wanted to play hero ball and they did not devise an entire ecosystem to try and placate the hero ballness and it became just a bogged down mess. And what they have now is they don't trust any of those guys to win one-on-one consistently, which by the way, they do win sometimes and he just misses them. He missed throws in that little, oh, yeah. he should have hit deep down the field. When he's just playing on time within the rhythm of the offense and he's spraying it around and he's hitting the drop and he's gripping and ripping it, he is the best quarterback in football at getting the ball and getting rid of it quickly. He's just the best of it. He's more accurate than everyone else. He gets rid of the ball quicker than everyone else. But he knows he can do the tap dancing stuff, right, and make three of the most special plays you've ever seen in your life within one quarter. And that's the stuff he wants to do. But this offense functions better when yep. he's reading and going. And the last two years when he won back-to-back MVPs, everything they did was really predetermined. They had a, a, a number of RPOs, but they were mostly box count RPOs where he's got three plays and he's reading it before the snap and pick which ones he wants to do. There was less of the reading a player as you go. Or what's the fashion in the NFL now is there's three break points in the route. You kind of read the depth of the rece- of the corner. You read the leverage and you attack grass. That's kind of what it is. The Rams do this. The, the Niners do this. It's kind of get those guys downfield, let them go find space, and you read out together and just try and throw the ball to where they're open. It's, very, it's less timing-based in terms of the drop back game they have put way more of that into the structure now and it's pretty evident because you how many balls now are thrown where he's throwing it to a landmark and there's no one there and he's got his mm. arm this happening more and more because they are trying to play a style system which is we don't trust these guys to be where they're supposed to be 
either in terms of just being open or understanding the offense. So we're going to now have to wait because we've got the special guy anyway. Let's just wait, get an extra couple of beats in the offense, and he can just see it and fire. I just don't think that works that well for him. I know he can do it. Yeah, like I said, he's special. He wants to play hero ball because he's one of the best hero ball players to ever play in the NFL, right? But I just think he's always been better when it's hit the back foot, get the ball out. And 100%. That, that, that discord between those two styles is is pretty frustrating. It's it's more similar to me, I think, the first year of LaFleur when he didn't seem to quite trust all of like the, the movement and all the cool stuff that LaFleur was trying to do. And it was like, please let me do this for you. And when he did trust it, obviously he won back-to-back MVP. So I, I think it's way more of a of a mental situation than it is the, the physical stuff. No, I completely agree, Ollie. And for me, it's very interesting because what I keep hearing and I've been hearing this week is it's all about to come together and someone's going to be the, on the end of a hiding. I'm sorry. I've seen that in previous years. I've seen it and I thought, if we just put it together, and I appreciate the obvious thing with the Packers this season is they've shown up in one half and not in another but I'm sorry, I don't, I do not buy it. That is a that is a symptom of the fact that it is an inconsistent way they're playing on offense and it's not sustainable. And I don't suddenly feel like it's going to click and they're going to actually absolutely blow the doors off someone. Ollie, let's leave the Packers there because honestly, I could talk about them for ages, but you have an interesting wrinkle related to the publication that we all love, <laughs> the Gridiron magazine. I want you to hit me with this because it's time for a conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this did not dawn on me until until Mike uh, told me about this in the pre-show that we are at the very early, which I think is quite interesting, burgeoning stages of what could be a Gridiron curse. We are talking oh. Madden curse levels of stuff here. And I believe that... Didn't Sports Illustrated have like 30 years of this in baseball? I think they had when they would do their big baseball preview. They they would all, not just get it wrong. I think it would be like catastrophically wrong. And like the team would almost <laughs> fold every season. Then obviously the Madden curse was the infamous one. Brady broke the Madden curse, correct? I, I think so, right? yeah. He did the first year in Tampa because he's Brady. It's not fair. Um, so as one would suspect, right? So we have the, the gridiron curse now where Tom Brady was on the front cover of the annual. Um of all the years to back the Tom Brady horse is the year that his, his life seems to be falling apart off the field. Yeah. It's not going so well on the field. Um, the first cover of the season of the magazine proper was Trey Lance titled the year of Trey Lance starts now. Um, uh Oh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not great. And it then, does not start now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yep. Wait till next year. Maybe. <laughs> um, and then the most recent one was designed obviously around the, the London game. And was uh, the Packers are coming, uh, all shiny, happy Packers, aren't we going to be good? Um, uh, no, no, they're, they're no, you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do not pass go, do not collect two hundred pounds, Trey Lance. Dude, I miss playing Monopoly, man. I haven't played that in years. Uh, m- my girlfriend plays it every other night on the but the iPad version, and she gets very frustrated with these people in in far flung parts of the world who make moves that she thinks should not be allowed. Right, you got to hook us up. I think that's quite a good, actually, evening activity for me after the kids have gone to bed. Ollie, let's fire through some more headlines. What's your first one? Because we've got some big games this weekend. Okay, I've got Jalen puts the hurt on Cowboys. Oh, that's cold, son. <laughs> so uh, we did this exercise, I think, two weeks ago where we just went through the Eagles schedule and we we're just doing win, 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 loss. And this was one of the ones where you thought maybe that could be a bit of a speed bump. Obviously the Dak situation at the time hadn't fully unfolded. It looks like Dak is not going to play in this game. It seems like Cooper Rush is going to play. So if you say the Eagles win this game, you are really looking at it is only until week 12 when they would start to maybe have a hiccup in their step and say that's a problematic one. And that's the Packers. And as we just Uh -uh. even that one might be like, hey, man, we could just steamroll through that thing. So, I mean, their schedule is horrendous in terms they have like the 30th strength of schedule in the league. They have the best team in the league. It's it's uh, it's unfair. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to see this because I feel like the Giants, sorry, the Giants, I feel like the Cowboys need a little bit of breakers putting on all their Jerry Jones, you know, oh yeah, Cooper Rush, he's in there and we're going to, oh, go boys. You know, I'm sick of it, Ollie. They need slap slapping down. I mean, the NFC East in general is something that I detest, but sorry, NFC East fans, I don't care, um, Ollie. But yeah, can we just, yeah, I'd rather it be the Eagles than the Cowboys that take it forward. Yeah, and the the Cowboys' only real shot in this game is that they just have a complete freak show display from their defense, which is a you know a really really good unit, one of the best in the NFL. They have Micah Parsons, obviously. They've got Demarcus Lawrence. They've got two of the 
I don't know, six or seven best pass rushes walking the earth. I, I don't, I, let's not go through all, all of them now, shall we? Um, but they're in that region and they have takeover game levels of dominance. But the issue is that the Eels have the best offensive line in football. Um, I guess it depends. Jordan Mylata, the left tackle, looks like he's going to play but might not play. And that would be a pretty steep decline for the Eagles that they have also the best backup line in the league, which is very helpful. They might actually be, if all those backups played, they probably wouldn't be the worst starting line in the NFL, which is insane. <laughs> the salary cap sport. But the left tackle spot is the one where they have the steepest drop-off from the starter to the backup. So that would be a slight concern. And maybe you get a frazzled Hurts game and you get three turnovers and all of a sudden the Cowboys, you know, it becomes a, a three-drive second half, essentially. And they're able to to get over the line, but I, I just think the the Eagles are so complete, both sides of the ball, genuinely best offense in the NFL. I think by decent distance in every factor, um, and then defensively as as good as anyone else. Frazzled hurts, and now you've made me think of frazzles, which were a very underrated yes. crisp. Now, did you ever go to pubs and they were kind of like bacon frazzles, but um, they were the thinner ones that were like completely dense with flavor. Like you, they were made by the same company that made scampi fries Ooh. and they were bacon something. They literally looked like a bacon ration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Sizzling bacon. Yeah, yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Anyway, they were out this world. I remember playing football, going back to the clubhouse, having a couple of packets of those good times, great oldies, gem AM. Ollie, my next, <laughs> I have got off piste. My next headline. Here we go. And then we record this on a Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen. So this one, um, well, who who knows? But this is just how I feel right now. <laughs> numbers don't lie. Washington at Chicago pulls the worst numbers for a TNF game in history, and no one even remembers the score. <laughs> Ollie, are you looking forward to this game? Uh, am I looking forward to this game? No. Um, the most intriguing part of the game for me is whether or not Amazon mentions the report that came out today around Daniel Snyder and the infighting with the other owners. Um, an all-time, I don't know, Michael Scott level line in that piece for ESPN by, I believe it was Seth Wickersham, and I am blanking on who else because I'm getting COVID brain. Um, there was two other people on the story. Um, it was the all- Dementors. The Dementors <laughs> were coming. Like in Harry Potter. No, not like in Harry Potter. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I believe Daniel Snyder or someone, not Daniel Snyder, but someone closely associated with, with Daniel Snyder said that Daniel basically says the NFL is a mafiosa family and they all the owners hate each other. And in reply to this, someone closely connected with one of the other owners says, no, everyone just hates Daniel, which is a, a wonderful, wonderful Ooh, line. So he's Lord Snydermort then, potentially. That's, that's correct. So... I'm just interested just to see whether the NFL, you know, Amazon has no journalistic responsibility the way any other network that covers the league does. They are a rights holder with the league now, and you have all these interesting power dynamics of Amazon is the only broadcaster of the NFL in the world who need who the doesn't need the NFL more than the NFL needs them. Right, they are a bigger company than the NFL. Everyone else, NBC, ESPN, all the other rights holders who are in bed with the league and therefore are compromised by the league, need the NFL or their entire business model falls apart. Amazon is it's like a it's like one percent of the balance sheet if that. It's a it's a luxury vanity project for Amazon. So and yet they don't have any journalism arms. So maybe they won't mention it. So that that is more fascinating. I guess by the time this goes out, people will know whether they mentioned it or not. That's the only thing I think that is intriguing about the game. And as you said, with all the old people who seem to be struggling to find Thursday night football now that it's streaming, this game is not the game that's going to get you to your, to your TV set. All the power and all the responsibility, Amazon. Good times. Um, Ollie, let's move to your next headline and another big game, my friend. And I think everybody's looking forward to this one. Mahomes VP. <gasps> oh, really? Yeah, well, what? it's like that's far-fetched. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to find a way to get us to discuss Chiefs-Bills. It's the game of the season. It's the, it's, it's the most exciting matchup possible. It's become, obviously, this wonderful on-the-field rivalry where it really does feel like we're going to have a Brady Manning-esque 15 years. Yep. These guys going back and forth together, all different iterations and cycles of the team. And I'm, I'm just interested to see... One, the aesthetics, what it looks like, because they're, they're trying different things this season, the two of them. Um, and then obviously just who comes out on top and then whether it has any bearing moving forward. You remember last year, the Bills kind of clubbed the Chiefs for large portions of the game in Arrowhead. And then we had the the mental, no one can get a stop game, um, obviously in the championship game. So it's just, um, this is this is as good as football gets, right? You've got the, probably the two best quarterbacks in the league going, not quite head to head, but kind of head to head because none of these defenses can get stops against one another. 
Completely, mate. And Josh Allen, you know, I always used to say about Aaron Rodgers, I've never seen someone throw a ball like that. I've never seen someone throw a ball so clean, just so perfect, on point, and with velocity when it was needed and with touch when it was needed. You know, I, I appreciate there's a hell of a lot of quarterbacks in the history of the NFL have thrown the ball very well. Hey, it's their job. I've never seen a ball leap out of someone's hand the way it does out of Josh Allen's. And it's scary, Ollie. Yeah, and, he, and we always, or we, the, the football commentariat always talk about the Mahomes no longer. There's, there's right? that word again, commentariat. Sorry. Yeah, and you know what it is this time, right? <laughs> Every time you say that, Mike, we should be putting a ding into commentariat. Ding. Anyway, actually, when I say it that way, it sounds vaguely close to some kind of like Soviet council. Like the it really council. does. <laughs> They're out there wearing CCCP on their shirts, commentating <laughs> on the NFL. Go on. It is regularly discussed on the interwebs about Mahomes' no-look pass, right? That he's looking one way and he flicks a ball the other way. Josh Allen, Josh Allen has this amazing way of just throwing a ball where he clearly does not give a shit where it lands, and yet it just so happens to land in the hand of a streaking <laughs> receiver 50 yards downfield. The Gabe Davis throw last week against the Steelers, he he, there's, he he has no idea where that guy is down the field. His eyes are basically closed. He's got arms all in his head. He's just bombing it down the field, and it ends up being a 98-yard touchdown, whatever it was, because he's Josh Allen. There you go. Ollie. final headline this week is from me, and it's, well, I think this is a great one, and I hope it happens. No more rules. The Panthers find a new lease of life and pip the stuttering Rams to a 17-14 win. Now, I think this is a little bold, Ollie, and I'm probably doing the Rams a disservice, but they are struggling this year. And wouldn't it just be interesting if it were the Panthers that take that point forward? And obviously, I've had to be consistent here with my picks on the gridiron uh, that will come out on the gridiron account, you know, so I've had to include this in here so i'm i may be quite a long way behind my fellow competitors in terms of picks this week but i just think this is a story only that i really would like to see come to fruition oh yeah i mean it would be it's always fun when there's a real drama team who just feels like they're self-imploding and it was unforeseen i don't quite think we're there with the rams i i'm Maybe you can get a column out about them tomorrow. We'll, we'll see. Um, I was planning on writing about the Rams this week, so I've, I've studied them a bunch. It, it's a really strange one where they are just completely being uh, immolated by their offensive line. It's just the worst group in the league by some distance, averaging 16 points a game with that level of firepower. If they've got Alan Robinson, who's just been an absolute bust as a free agent signing, terrible, looks like he doesn't want to play football. Still, I would say the Panthers front versus... Aaron Donald ain't great. No, they're going to start quarterback. Steve Wilkes takes the head coaching job or the interim job. Does he go back to Baker Mayfield? Does he keep PJ Walker? It's that's that's a tough one. It's dice one. But look, if you're averaging 16 points a game and their entire offense is Stafford under fire, get the ball to Cooper Cup, and every single thing they do because they base everything out of the run game, they base everything out of turn the back play action. All of that now is out the window. Worst running team in the league. Worst turn the back play action team in the league. They can't do it because every time Stafford tries, as he turns his back, there's three people in his face. Say hello. <laughs> so you take those two things from the equation. You just say, hey, we're going to be the, basically, we're going to be the 13, 14 Lions, right? We're going to play from the gun and let Matthew try and pick people apart. And as much as I love Matthew Stafford, he just isn't that dude anymore. And when he was trying to be that dude, it only worked two years when he was out of his mind, MVP level good. In one of them, he had Calvin Johnson. In one of them, he did not. Uh, the rest of the time, they were missing the playoffs or they were losing. So, uh, yeah, I would have I would have deep, deep reservations about the Rams in terms of long term. This week, I think they still should be better than the Panthers. But if not, that is when trading all those picks and all the fun and games that went into winning one, this becomes the five alarm fire if they lose to the, the, the interim coach Panthers. But as you said, the new manager bounce, it's a real thing. It happens all the time in the NFL, right? The, the dick leaves the leaves the building, everyone rallies around the new head coach. And certainly on defense, if you just play with your hair on fire and they've got a ton of talent on defense, you can make things happen. It's like the Ian Holloway effect. But you know who I have in my fantasy team this year, a quarterback? I've got two quarterbacks. One is Matthew Stafford and the other one is Aaron Rodgers. I believe in neither of them at this point in time. Anyway, there you go. Ollie. It is always a pleasure to talk headlines, particularly when I talk so much crap and then you try and endorse it. So very, very, very appreciative for that. Let's move on. So now we get to our game show. Every week we do a game show. We hope you enjoy it because it gives me the wonderful pleasure each week. And I met him for the first time at the weekend in person. And he was a good cuddle, Ollie. 
He was a good cuddle, you know. He yeah. really, he's very warm, like a beanie baby that's been in the microwave. His name is Stereo Mike. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I don't know what to say to that. Thank you so much. Uh, can I just thank the both of you now? Because at the, time, at the time of recording, you're letting me miss the national TV awards so my wife like can watch it by herself. I'm so happy. Thank you so it's, much. On Ant and Deck, don't they have COVID as well and they can't make it? Tonight, it sounds like so. everyone's got COVID. It sounds like I don't even know if Ali has it or not. I mean, there's a whole... It, there must be like a sick, sick wave. I don't know what's going on. So It's endemic, my okay. friend. We won't get into those political opinions and uh, pharmaceutical opinions. It's endemic. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike, what is our game show this week? Our game show this week is a crap edition of Tenable. Now, granted, gentlemen, that we all have jobs. I'm presuming nobody has the time to watch Tenable during the day. I, um, I genuinely have never heard of this thing. It's, oh, no. I, I've seen it a couple of I've seen it a couple of times. It is actually it, when it's topics that you have a mild interest in. It's quite interesting to try and guess the top ten, and often they're in things like you would get in a pub quiz, like what are the top ten biggest countries in the world by geographic area, and they are. The intellectually bent, or even the, the, the moderately. I'm guessing that the, the the joy of the show is six to seven would feel really easy, and you think, "Oh, I got this," because you and know, then it gets hard. Yeah. You know, oh, six or seven of those are easy, and then you're trying to find Guam, and it's like really hard. I'm guessing it, it, it is then. tough. It is tough. And again, it's like one of those quiz shows as well, where basically the, the prize money round is like bugger all. It's like two grand or something. You know what I mean? Anyway, sorry, Mike. Let's not poo-poo uh, competition prizes because I was going to announce, as I said before, that we'll oh, yeah, sorry. Out some prizes. I think what we should start doing both when we play against each other and mm. then if we play together, we people who send in questions, because we're always asking for questions, which we'll get to later, we yes. should start playing for one of the question people. We can pick them by random, or we can pick them by the quality of the question, which I can leave up to Mike or Tom, and we'll give them a subscription to Gridiron. Why don't we do that? <gasps> to the Gridiron magazine? Yes. I think that's fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can obviously find... Where can we find Gridiron on Twitter, Mike? At Gridiron, G-R-I-D-I-R-O-N, or at UK Gridiron on Instagram or TikTok as well. You can find wow. me bobbing along there as well. Please do give TikTok. us a shout. Man, I'm We're straight on onto that. I'm straight onto that after this. Please. So therefore, what you need to do, guys, is send us in your questions or your comments or whatever it is. And we will pick someone at random from those each week and we will play for that person. And that's at mcfquestions at gmail.com mcfsquestions at gmail.com the godfather has spoken he's willing to give away a subscription he wouldn't he wouldn't do it for a family member so you're really really fortunate guys really fortunate now back to the big beanie baby big beanie baby what have we got today i've got to stop calling you that now but i had to do it again because i see that it it endeared you to me slightly yeah so tenable basically imagine on tv there's a triangle and it's split into 10 different segments and each time you guess one it goes then 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 and then it stops where you get the right ones so i have got up to three rounds now i am thinking here that if you if you're working at a team you might find this difficult the first round we're going to do here is super bowl winning teams in the modern era so whenever the super bowl started okay. um by number yep. so you got to get the, the 10 teams that have won the most not in uh, order not in order no just any any, any order, order. but you do have to name the 10 so if you want to okay, start yeah. off go yeah. for it. okay you start Ollie. you go first um do you want me to just rip through as many and then we no can... no no one at a time buddy. that's oh, the way we're playing, we're, playing is, we're playing like together as a team, oh, as a team. Oh, so you have to do one than anyone in the last in the last round on tenable okay. basically they have the team members and they go up one at a time and keep going and then basically if they get it wrong that team member's out and then the other person has to try and get them all by themselves. So we, if one of us gets one's wrong, it goes then down to the other person to try and finish it off. So you start, Ollie. I've got a pen. You need a pen. Is that what you're looking yeah, for? I have a pen. I can't find any paper. Um, I'll Go begin with the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Let's check this out. Uh, what Tom didn't say is if you don't get this right, you are both getting me a Domino's tomorrow night at 20 to 6. Okay. All right. Let's see. Dallas Cowboys are number three on the list. So you'd have nine more to go. They've won it five times. And they've oh, won I mean, it five times, a bit like certain football clubs. I think Liverpool yeah. have won the Champions League like seven times now. Cost of living yeah. crisis, dominoes. I get you small dominoes, maybe. I'll that's get you that's grand. I mean, it's, it's only £1.50 to deliver anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> okay, then I'll go quite obvious. I'll just go Patriots. Cool. And they are first with six. Cowboys, Patriots, Packers. Green Bay are sixth with four. By the way, I'm going to give you three lives each round, okay? I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. Nice, yeah. 
Free yeah, lives. I think that's I think that's very fair. I think probably actually you should give us each a life, so we're okay. allowed to get one wrong each. Yeah. Okay. So fair. I'll go Steelers next. Steelers. Oh, you took my Steelers one. are second with six Super Bowl victories. Don't say you took my one like we're competing, Ollie. We're on the same team. You go, you should go. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, Tom. Great, great, great. The pepperoni passion, Ollie. Come on, though. yeah. So, Mike, can I ask you just a quick, just a quick? Uh, I don't know how the game works on television. Um, uh, do we know what the cutoff is of Super Bowl titles that reaches into the top 10? Is that a fair question to ask? Would that help maybe inform the listeners playing along at home as much as it would maybe cheat for me? I think that's now, a very, very fair question to ask. Uh, I don't think Tom you would get that on the TV show, but I think you should give us that much <laughs> this version of the show. Then I can what? start plotting errors yes. in my head and figure it out. Yeah, certainly. It stops at two, but oh, there is okay. a... Oh, I thought, it, I thought it would. I thought Great. it would. Cool. So, Broncos. The Broncos, I will take that, and I will say the Broncos are... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventh with three titles. Well done. So if it stops at two, so there's nobody with two who's not on the list. That's what you're saying. So there is a team that's tied for two wins. So we that's, can that's we can have either we any of the can use either of. Okay, so Tampa Bay. If yeah, they've won it twice. Fair enough. They're not on my list, but they're like the same. They're two. So, yeah, so yeah. I've got like a load of teams that have won two. Tampa Bay's fine. Uh, now this one gets uh, difficult to try and figure out how they won it. Um, the the Washington franchise won it. Um, with Joe Gibbs three times, I, I don't want to say the the racial slur on air, and I don't know if there's if that that is folded into commander law. I don't think it should be personally. The commander should be a separate entity. Uh, the Washington racial slurs, I believe, won three Super Bowl titles. They did, and they're ninth. Well done. Uh, yeah. You now have got one. You've got three more to find, okay. and okay. I will give you a, a very quick clue. They've either won four or three titles. Uh, hang on, it's my turn, isn't it, Ollie? Well, what were you about to say? You just went. Did, did we? Did we get the Niners? Well, hang on. You give me a chance, mate. Oh, sorry. How... They, yeah, <laughs> there's there's one that's one more than that. There, that team may be there. So if somebody wants to maybe say that okay. team, okay. I I, 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 I wait. Said that because I broke my brain. I'm like, I'm sure they won a lot of Super Bowls. I'm like, right. saying, how okay. bad is my brain gone? Hey, Mike. How about the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> you know what, Tom? That's a really, really good answer. Well done. Yes, they've won it five times. Um, and that's my Ollie saw my brain fog cover. That's my brain fog, brain fog moment. So, uh, yeah, so how many have we got left? Uh, two, two to get. More to get. Right, okay. Um, it, if the team moves city, it's the franchise, right? Mm. Yep, take a shot, Raiders. Yeah, boom, they've won three times. Um, Still haven't won it in Vegas. Be lucky to win more than two games this year, the way it's going. Uh, you've won more team to name. Okay. I, I, this is where I could lose a life, I, Ollie. I, I, I think I know it. Is it the... Mm, I don't think it is, actually. I don't think it's the only... Yeah. I'm going through names. I'm going through... I'm thinking Chiefs, Saints, uh, Seahawks only won think, one. Think about modern winners and then think... In folklore, did they win one? And you know, someone from the the like the yesteryears team that won one. I I I'm gonna go for the oh I'm 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 struggling. I want to go for either the the Ravens have only won one. Joe Flacco only won one, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And so it's not. Oh, hang on. The New York Giants. Yeah. There that was going to be go. my Irish thing. So I was going to say Dermot I was going to start singing Dermot Kennedy, Giants, second ago. But yeah, go. it's the Giants. Yep. Good We've got the two Eli's. We've got the Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Lovely. So if somebody had sent a question and we'd assigned them, they'd have just won a subscription to Gridiron. Yes. Yes, they would. Okay. This Let's play. Yeah, exactly. Let's play another round, Mike, before we go to listeners' questions. Pick this the is best where it gets one. fun. This is where it gets really fun because it's not like where the Super Bowl ones are. Like, to be fair, um, Miami and Baltimore, I would have taken instead of Tampa Bay because they both, you know, like they've all won two, mm. for example. For some, like I, I started getting mixed up because I had put Denver, I put Denver in the wrong place. They had won three. Anyway, nobody cares about that. He's won well done. Um, all time passing leaders in yards, quarterbacks. <clears throat> in yards. This is going to be tougher, Ollie. 
it is going to be tougher at the bottom end. I think we can just rattle through the, the big names up top, right? Let's just go ping pong. Yeah, and I have checked oh. this. This was this was correct until last week. Wow. And e- even at that, yeah, like there's like nothing could have changed last week. If that yeah. makes sense. No, no one jumped into it last week. Although I did see. Well. Did you see that Patrick Mahomes <laughs> threw for as many touchdown passes as Traigman did in his career, whilst Traigman was on the call, and he did it in like. 40 or like 38 percent of the time it took Traigman's entire career of getting beat the shit it is bonkers it is bonkers isn't it <laughs> it's been starting for five years i want you to be the lead off hitter ollie go on. okay uh brady mm-hmm. number one yeah number two manning yeah. which one patent <laughs> okay okay Oh, that's interesting. Should I go for this the second one? <laughs> Come on now. That can't be right. Aaron Charles Rogers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is 10th. So you've got <laughs> one, oh, snuck two, him in. and three Ooh, and 10th. This is taken. This is taken from ESPN. I can't go any better than this, lads. I thought I thought Wikipedia would be in and out by a few weeks. <laughs> you, you, like, the people yeah, instead yeah, of four yeah. in the morning updating stuff, it's from ESPN, so it must be sweet. That that scares me because I felt pretty confident on some of the back end names. I thought I had a real good idea of who was a major outlier in the eighties and nineties who would sneak into the list. And now that Rogers is tenth, I'm thinking I'm pretty <laughs> because I can't imagine they've thrown for much more yards than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, that's a problem. That's a problem. I'll I'll do this one because I'm still confident in this one. Dan Marino. Seventh. Well done. Oh, wow. I'm pretty confident in Philip Rivers. Sixth, well done. Wow, no way. Ooh, uh-oh. Like, you see That's between re- between 5th and 10th, Philip Rivers there's 10,000 like, yards. More yardage than Dan Marino. 63,440. Dan was, Marino, 61,361. I was really confident in Phil Rivers, Ollie. It's just, honestly, it's interesting that because I was really time, confident in that. Every time you go it's, through him, look at Marino's numbers. <laughs> look at this Marino's but like, numbers. Do you all find it's really, it's really impressive, though, that Philip Rivers threw for as many yards as he has children? I mean, that is just... <laughs> <laughs> it's a cheap oh. joke, but it's a good one. What we're looking for, then, <laughs> is longevity in the modern era because my idea, these are not, these are not, guesses i'm through that you know i was gonna be going fouts these are the people i i thought would have snuck in there ahead of some of the modern era guys maybe just maybe um oh so longevity and recent uh ooh, brady brady Brisman. oh big ben mm-hmm. fifth so you right. need fourth wow. fifth fourth this is such for ninth these modern records are bullshit. So we've got three to go, four phase and nine. Okay, I want to take a shot. I want to take a shot with John Elway. Eleven. Yeah. Oh. I've lost my That's life. Cruel. So who bumped John Elway out? Who was te- so Rogers just bumped John Elway out? Yeah, I was. I've lost a life, Ollie. Boom. Over to you. <laughs> oh, he played till he was a hundred years old. Uh, Favre. Yep, four. I cannot so, believe we didn't get that earlier. Actually, I, I, now I think I'm about it. You, yeah. So no, uh, you need got a five played for a thousand years post nineteen ninety or at least ninety six with the, some of the rule changes. I will say There's, this: one, two, Ollie, do not overthink five, it. Seven, eight. Don't do not overthink it. Don't overthink it. Mate, Just... I'm, I'm tapped <laughs> as I am. Me too. I've got several <laughs> names swimming around now. It would be. If we're playing this like the final round of Tenable, it would be, I can't go through, although I did it in the last round, what I'm thinking, because then that would give you ideas. That's not fair. So I have to just give an answer. But I do have several names in my mind. In my mind. You want Michael's clue? No, Mike. No, I don't want a clue, Mike. I want us to do this. I want us to do this. (laughs) I'm good. Because Ollie's still got a life and... Is uh, so Ollie's still got a life left. So if I get this wrong, well, I'm dead. Right. Okay. I'm not going to overthink it. Let let me just recap for the listeners what who we have. We've got Brady, Breeze, Manning, Rogers, Marino, Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Brett Favre. Mm. So can I take a really bold shout? So we got eight. Yeah. One of these really obscure, Mike, just answer that question for me. 
We can't. No, the, the top ten bands of all time. It's not going to be someone who's obscure, obscure. I think. I think you'll definitely be surprised at one of them. I think you'd be pissed off. Personally, is it, is it a modern player who shouldn't be in amongst the list of the all-time greats? Oh, I. I don't think he and should be in the Hall of Fame. Bunch of. Fun. I don't think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame or even considered as an all-time great. I think he was carried for many years, but that's uh, a different discussion on a different podcast. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, I've got so many different names now, Ollie. <laughs> and, now, and now you'll be like, what do you mean he's not considered? A... <laughs> I, I'm just, okay, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to... You got to think what Mike did earlier on in this broadcast. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm going to go e- Eli, I'm going to go Eli Manning, okay? Yeah. Eli Manning, as it stands, oh, is, is ninth. That is a horror show. That is insane. So as it stands, I'm presuming Aaron's will be closer now. 56-295 for Aaron Rodgers. Eli Manning, 57-023. So a few more weeks. Well, if Aaron Rodgers does get the ball down the field, there's some wide receivers at some point. A few, point, a few but... more seasons based on the way things are going at the moment, Mike. <laughs> Could you look up for me, Mike, the biggest game Eli Manning had? Yeah. I know Whatever. We had... Yeah, like the what was the total yardage in one game? I know we had a monstrous Monday night football game, but I don't remember him having successive, like a, a Rogers streak where he was just dropping four fifty on everyone's head for like four straight weeks. I bet you had a game where he threw for five hundred yards. He did do on a on a Monday night. I, I remember that. But okay, so anyway, so we got one one more filibustering to not have to answer this one. It's all right, but I, I've got you. I'll filibuster while you think about it. If Eli, so, if Eli's in there, there was a year. I believe when I do my reasoning, so that if when I this is wildly wrong, people don't laugh at me when I'm supposed to be the football nerd. I believe there was a year when Matthew Stafford had about, had about nine thousand dropbacks in Detroit because they were behind in a game. So I reckon he, he was behind in games for like seven straight years. He's played for a long time. He's got all those wild come from behind records and game winning drive records and stuff because he's in so many of those situations. I reckon Matthew Stafford is on the list. That's a really good shot. He is twelfth. Oh, oh, so you've lost your Ooh. life now. Boom. Dominoes. Right. I, can, I, can, I can smell the dominoes coming to the door here. Look, two more shots at this. <laughs> I do old, modern quarterbacks. That, that's... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confirm now. Ollie, Ollie, we've got two more guesses, basically. I'm going to change the scope of this. We're going to confirm. I've got several names, right? Yep. McNair. Yeah, I don't think any of the older guys, because now you've got to be Marino to be on the list, or you're playing in... Marino and Favre, and Favre did overlap, is the only one not in the same era as all the guys we grew up with. Watching. Okay, so oh, yeah. to get, to, to get what? how many yards did Rodgers throw for, Mike? Um, 56-295, Eli Manning was 57-023. Oh, you'd have to... And you're looking for the person in eighth. The guy in seventh is Dan Marino, 61-361. It's got to be someone who's played for a long time. So I'm thinking somebody like, is it modern? Is this a modern person, Mike, or not? Has to be. Has to be. There's no, I don't want no, to give it away. Lads. No, no, like, don't, don't, yeah. don't, 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 don't. I was thinking, I've got names like Testaverde. Yeah. I've got no, other no, names. No going one anywhere is, was ever anywhere near in the region of Marino. So that's the cutoff point. And then after Marino, it's Favre. So if it's someone who's played after Favre for a long time. And so it's someone in that age cohort with Brady, Manning, Breeze, all the guys we've done the last 15 years with. It's someone in those last 15 years who's played for a long time. And I... I, I I don't know. Who else was it's in that? It's not Carson game? Wentz anyway. I'll tell you that. Well, this is not... really difficult. I just I'm I'm at a loss on it. So I just gonna. So we said it's not Testaverde, McNabb, McNair, long enough. Cousins, no. Um, Matt Ryan. That would make me. Uh, I don't think so. That can't be no. Can't, Matt Ryan can't have played long enough. When did he get drafted? Oh, he, he got drafted did... after Rogers, so he's been oh, playing, wait, wasn't it? Oh. oh yeah. Oh, wait, so he's potentially been playing for 12 years, about 12 years. He'd have to still throw for like 5,000 every bloody year. Yeah, there's, that could not. Uh, I mean, well, there's... ooh, mm, no, more than Rogers. Come on. I'm more than no, right. Rogers got drafted in 05. He started playing three, 04, started playing three years later. So he'd be playing before Matt Ryan. So it has to be, has to be someone, is someone like Johnny Unitas? Is it something really bonkers, I? Who would not know Johnny Unitas? That would be hilarious just in that time period he's thrown for 60,000 yards. Um, God, I wish that was true. I am I am at a loss, my friend. And we've still got listeners' questions to get to. I we know. should definitely play Tenable again. Um, definitely Tenable again. Oh, 
Okay, I'll take a a, a shot at um Donovan McNabb. No. Okay, fair enough. I didn't think it was going to be right. the case, but Ollie, it's down to you, mate. Yeah, maybe my maybe my Marino, um, you know, cutoff point. My my initial heart instinct was it was Dan Fouts, and I know he didn't play long enough, but I'm going down with my heart because I love him so. Uh, I'll take Dan Fouts. In eighth place, the quarterback that is about a week and a half away from overtaking Dan Marino is Matt Ryan. Fuck! Oh, <laughs> I knew it was Matt Ryan. I knew. I said. I thought it's come on. Elway um, eleven, Stafford twelve. As a general hmm? public, I will not allow Matt Ryan to <laughs> overtake Dan Marino. Stop the kind. Um, <laughs> Warren Moon thirteenth. Frank Tarkenton. 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 Ron Tarkenton, sorry, 14. <laughs> Carson, sorry, it's my eyesight. Carson Palmer, 15th. Vinny is 16th. Drew Bledsoe, 17th. Mr. Fouts is 18th. Joe Aloysius Flacco, future Hall of Famer, is 19th. And Kerry Collins is 20th. That is absolutely outrageous. But what a game, Ollie. I really enjoyed that. That was fun. That was good crack, lads. Well done. And uh, I'll let you know my address for the Domino's in a bit. And, uh, fair enough, fair enough. I will contra- I'll crowdfund that, Domino's. No worry at all. Um, ah, we have got to play Tenable again. Let's move on to listeners' questions. So, listeners' questions, this is really, really what we love, guys. And the Moore and Conley football show has been going for quite a while. We had a bit of a pause and we have come back. And what we want is to build this community again and get you guys communicating with us and letting us know your questions, your thoughts, even if it's random. It doesn't have to be football-related. For God's sake, it doesn't have to be to do with anything. Just send it in, mcfsquestions at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. So first of all, and we've got to start with this, Ollie, we've got a fantastic question from a longtime listener of the Moran Connolly football show, Tristan. But it's not from Tristan. It's from his son, Jackson, who hosts the Down Under Centre podcast with Tristan. Yes, Down Under, they are from Australia. Tristan is a great guy. Jackson is fantastic. And they've sent a voice note. And so we're going to listen to this. So we encourage you to do what Jackson has done and send us a voice note. Go on, Jackson. Hit it. What's your question? Hello, Tom and Ollie. It's me, Jackson, from the Down Under Centre podcast. I have a question for you. Who do you think are the best teams in each division? So, Ollie, best teams in each division. Do you want to go through it? Sure, let's do it. Okay, let's start off with the NFC North. I'm going to say the Vikings. Um, I'll still take the Packers. Okay, fair enough. NFC East, Eagles? Eagles comfortably, yeah, yeah. Eagles best team, best team in the NFL. Even as much as I love the Bills, Bills injuries uh, knocks them into second for me. NFC South, uh, still Tampa, still Tampa. I'm not taking any of those other QBs over over Brady. I probably agree with that. To be quite honest, how about the NFC West? Ooh, that's that's the tricky mm. one. I, mean, I, I say that the Niners are more of a freight train than the rest. Uh, so yeah, I'm probably overthinking it a little bit. I just still in the back of my head, I'm like, God, am I going to write the Rams off that quickly? There always high variance always up and down they always seem to have a three-week run where where they seem like it's going to fall apart and they're out of it particularly obviously since Stafford got there um but still yeah I'll take the Niners okay fantastic let's move over to the AFC starting with the North Ollie you got to be the Ravens Ravens Super Bowl picks my preseason Super Bowl picks feeling pretty okay comfortable-ish with that right now some real issues defensively issues on the back end issues that could get exposed this weekend to make me look very silly as they play the the pretty bad New York Giants who keep winning football games. So, um, yeah, uh, but I still still think the Ravens are the class of the North. I feel like in there he tried to discredit himself, but actually complimented <laughs> himself during that statement. Uh, AFC East? Uh, the Bills. Bills, yeah, freight train. You're talking about... Oh, yeah, sorry, the Bills. Uh, AFC South? Oh, God. Jags. I'm going Jags, baby. I, I, I also think it's the Jags. I think they have the, the by far the best single unit in the division, which is the defense and specifically the defensive front is out of its mind good. And so, yeah, I'll I'll take the Jags uh, Yeah, by a hair. 
My next door neighbor, Luke, will love that. He's a Jags fan. Duval! And how about the AFC West? Chiefs and Chiefs pretty comfortably. You know, it's frustrating. The Chargers should be a better football team. It feels like we say that every year. And I know they've had all the bad injury luck in the world, but there are still some pretty fundamental stuff. Obviously, they're on defense. It's like at some point, guys, you got to get that that shit figured out. They're, no one else, I think, the Chiefs are the only team in that division that don't have a complete sinkhole somewhere on their roster that I was not expecting before the season chief secondary isn't as strong as you would like it to be and they lost the rookie trent mcduffie this week which is a huge hammer blow but it's actually not been as bad as you you would have anticipated coming into the season had you been told the mcduffie would be out so um it, the chiefs are actually better than i thought they would be um and i already thought they'd be one of the, the five best teams in the nfl so yeah I, I have them neck and neck neck and neck with the bills at the very top of the conference Love it. Thank you, Jackson, for the question. And make sure you tune into the Down the Center podcast. I know I've retweeted one of their podcast feeds at the underscore Tommy underscore more. Moving on to Ollie Inwards, who says, love having MCFS back and Stereo Mike, the Beanie Baby, is a great addition. <laughs> I added in the Beanie Baby bit. Uh, what average did you end up with for the season, Tom? I'm a oh, mediocre well, opening it's... mediocre opening batsman. 35, yeah, which, which wasn't bad. I got out on 99 in one innings this year oh but the God. the winner of the batting award in our team this year had an average of 52 but i i am going to present the award to him because i won it last year uh on saturday actually this week and i'm going to make the point that opening the batting is far harder than coming in and batting against the dross at yes. number five in the middle of the order um ollie also asks do we have to blame you for the pound falling after seeing you were in whitehall yes i was in whitehall it's got nothing to do with me and then finally <laughs> what classic british tv show would you like to see back on TV? I've recently come across original wife swap. Oh my God. That was a great show. That was, a truly, that was fantastic. A truly smashing concept. And despite some, let's say problematic issues with some of the families, it's fantastic fun. Can you remember wife swap? I can remember wife swap. I remember that it being um, the, the finest television product ever produced that should never have been allowed on air. I think um, I, it's one of those ones. I'm a big fan at the moment of married at first sight. It's my, okay big guilty pleasure particularly i don't like the uk one very much because everyone there is just uh an actor or model trying to get some instagram mm. time the australian one is amazing because they just find these guys from the outback who do not have instagram <laughs> and so it's it's all timer it's all timer so wife swap had that kind of similar similar element to it so uh it was yeah it was the the og do not have instagram they don't have running water <laughs> uh mike uh mike the beanie baby um you've got a good one the Beanie Baby. Um, I think you'd have to look between Father Ted and potentially, like, if you're talking about British television shows, the 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 IT crowd was a personal favorite of mine. They were both one one eight nine one nine eight eight nine nine nine. You would never, you would never want to bring those back, right? Because that that's the problem with any kind of remake. I, you, what you got to do is find a good concept and replicate it that if we're doing scripted show that I think they could have always done more with. I always believe this. Do you remember worst week of my life? Mm. It was it was a decent okay-ish sitcom, right? But the the concept you could do fifty thousand Netflix series, all original screenplays of it being someone's worst week, freshers' week, wedding week, on and on and on and on. They should bring back worst week in my life. That's a good call, and yeah, I agree with you. Father Ted was uh, all time. It's it's up there, right? So as is the IT crowd. But yeah, you kind of it's like those the office. It's like a time capsule, isn't it? You want to leave it as it was, and you don't interrupt it. In terms of what I would like to see come back, a show which I absolutely loved was Harry Hill's TV Burp because yes. you could keep you could because again it's all new stuff because it's based on what was on the TV this week. I was so sad when that finished, and the the really heartbreaking thing about harry heels tv burt fight is that because of the fact that it took clips from tv shows all over the bloody place there's no there were some dvds but they were limited but there's no re because the rights are so hard to get there's no regurgitation of that and you can't so it's almost something that's been completely lost to history which is so sad because it was brilliant um, anyway, so we've got uh, another question, and uh, we've got. <laughs> I was insane. I'm sorry, wife swap. 
Life Swap was, Life Swap was great. Do you have to explain that concept to people, do you think, that are younger than us? Life Swap is basically they took two pe- two couples from completely different socioeconomic backgrounds and switched the wives over. So there was a <laughs> wife whose husband was quite industrious and they raised the kids together and they you know shared all responsibilities in the house. And then there was another family where it was like a, a almost like an 1800s family. The dad didn't do anything with the kids at all. He just went out to work and came back and smoked his pipe and read a paper. And then you expected them to kind of live in the same way in the wives would spend some days getting used to it and then essentially at the end of the week go right now you have to do this and, oh it was agony and, and fantastic the point, the point of the show was to be aren't i so lucky actually the grass isn't greener that was kind of the intent and 100%. often you would find no they would they very much prefer living a life of luxury now indeed so finally questions this week come in from dan yale another long time listener we appreciate you dan and even more so the fact that you're named after a key manufacturer so if you can book your own music festival and take any three or five i'll let you decide acts alive or dead let's say one for the sake of this because you've added quite a few questions here dan who are you going for what one act ollie well one act all time would be the beatles that's my uh my passion and obsession uh, so it'd be them. I will do a modern one also um, for the young crowd of the new music listeners. Juan, do you know Wet Leg? Are you up on your new music? Do you like Wet Leg? Oh, I don't like a Wet Leg. Obviously, it means I've stepped in something. Who are Wet Leg? Wet Leg is a, is a band from the Isle of Man, I believe. And it's two not-quite-twins, but they, they, they dress like the Amish. It's, it's very, very cool music. Um, Guitar music, Tom. You're looking at me like I'm a like, crazy person. It's two girls who dress like the Amish with a backing band, basically, and they play cool, funky beats. Ollie, that's my default look at you. I'm going to come at Mike for this as well, because I'll be interested in his opinion. But I'd say if you're going classic and then a modern one, I'd go Bowie. I definitely want Bowie there. Uh, and in terms of modern one, um, it's a bit more tricky. But you know what? Maybe I'll lay down some, some M&M. I mean, it's classic, you know, maybe throw that in there. Mike, have you got one for us, a couple for us? DJ Sammy, heaven. <laughs> and uh, I, I love how you're laughing and all he's talking about Amish stuff. I mean, it sounds I, great, but... <laughs> I can't picture Tom Moore at a festival. Were you ever a festival person? <laughs> no, come on, Ollie, look at me. No way, son. I think we should all go to Glass. I, I've never been to Glastonbury. I don't even know where that is in England, but I think we should all go next year and we should do like a podcast from there, like a pre-season uh, piss up. That sounds you pay, it, if you pay for my ticket in a glamping location in a proper caravan, I will go, Mike. If not, you can swivel, my friend. <laughs> if you can get me the ticket, I'll pay for it. What? That's a bizarre deal. I like it. Have you got, have you got a, a, <laughs> like a, a class- downside for you? That was, yeah, that's- yeah. Have you got a classic band you'd want to take, Mike? Um, I don't really think it's classic because it's not that. I mean, like I was big in the Muse like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really classic for me, I guess. Uh, so I, I love Springsteen. He's coming to Ireland next year, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. But um, that's pretty much where my music stops. I'm not really into it anymore. Ever since they got rid of the iPod video, it's been a, it's been a hard time. Well, mm, you know? I'd take the boss, though. I think that's a great one. Uh, Dan has also asked, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? Dan, I've got to level with you, my friend. I'm not really a conspiracy person. Uh, I am a bit of an Occam's razor believer in terms of the simplest explanation is usually the correct one. Ollie, you got anything for us on that? I, I, I'm not into any conspiracies like you. I'm a conspiracy skeptic. I do find some conspiracies funny, though. Um, going back to my love of the Beatles, you know, the Paul McCartney is dead conspiracy. Okay, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, there's a conspiracy that he died in like the 60s, and then they got some a lookalike in to replace him. And there's all this iconography about how they're walking on the the uh, the crossing on Abbey Road album cover. That the that one of the license plates says Paul is dead. When you place some of the um, records backwards, it says something. Now this is obviously bullshit. The the funny part is that the how long that new gentleman would have to sustain that for, because that would have mean the real one died in, at like twenty six, and this guy is now headlining Glastonbury in his eighties. It's like at what point is he allowed to to not have to fake being Paul McCartney anymore? That's yeah, that seems like a long sentence for a conspiracy theory. Um, let's keep this moving. What is the best book you've read in the last year or two, Ollie? I don't read books. I don't have time <laughs> with two kids. 
uh, all, all I do when I get any spare time is read books. Um, I've read tons. Um, I've read the entire Robert Caro, Lyndon Johnson biography series. Those are extraordinary works of uh, journalism and nonfiction. Um, I only read nonfiction, really. So I'm not exactly the, the best person to go through for this because that nonfiction is about what you're interested in. I did enjoy for every human alive should probably read the late, latest Michael Lewis book, The Premonition, which is his, uh, the guy who did the big short, Moneyball, that kind of stuff, his his uh, his pandemic book. I would recommend that for everyone. Thank you very much, Ollie. Next question, definitely going to come to Mike on this one as well. What would you pick as your death row meal if you can have anything in the world? Wow, that's a great question. I'd go with a caprese salad followed by a bacon barbecue cheeseburger and then some sticky toffee pudding. Easy, Ollie. I've been asked this question too often. What's your pick? Uh, I have a kind of strange answer for this because I, I make this delicious pasta bake. It is basically stuffed shells pasta bake that almost takes on a lasagna-y form because I'm using a 3G mm. situation and I'm oh. some treats are in there. Unusual in an Italian dish, obviously, but it really brings some, some kick to it. The, what is odd is I wouldn't trust anyone else to make that. 100%. I, I know I'm the best in the world at making that. That's my thing. I can make that better than anyone alive. I don't care who you are. I can make that dish. And I would very much like the pleasure of my last row meal being the cooking part. That's the part I enjoy. I do enjoy eating it, but I'm not as fussed. I enjoy the art of the cooking of it. So if they allowed me to cook that dish, that is what I would do. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Have you got any for us, Mike? Plum McKilty Black Pudding. Oh, tell us about that. It's the stuff of the gods, gentlemen. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> I genuinely felt homesick last Sunday. I wanted to go home and get something proper into me, dinner-wise. Can we have that discussion about the food and the... Was it bad? Just, I'm I'm a guy with my own home comforts. I don't know. I just feel like I get, you know, as I get older. I, I do have a very quick conspiracy theory, though. Des caught it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is true. That okay. and a weird one because what, what? Why would they not want the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl? Always found that strange. Always found that strange. Mm, my wife often wants to get home and get something into her, but not in the way that I would wish. Ollie, let's finalize this with a final question, which is: You can take a two-week holiday anywhere in the world. A two-week holiday. Where are be you long. going? By day three of me being off work, I am scratching the walls. And like I said, mm. I can sit and read a book for 12 hours straight. But if it's like forced fun holiday time, I'm in big trouble. Um, I mean, I've traveled basically... Don't, don't David, don't David Brent me. I've traveled. <laughs> yeah. I've traveled, boy. Where to? Hull. <laughs> I have. I have. You'll remember. I took three months off from work and just went and you traveled did. everywhere all over the world. So I've done all the fun place I would want to. The only one I didn't go to because of how far away it is is New Zealand. But two weeks does seem like a long time to be in New Zealand. Um, so I'm, I'll say New Zealand just for fun. You'd have to like cricket and rugby and stuff yeah. like that, I think, to and, and make it a trip related to that. I, I, I. I, I want to go well, two weeks is tricky because two weeks is actually you'd need a shitload of stuff to explore, which is actually to find a place like that is quite difficult. Or it would just be somewhere where you're happy to lie on a beach just forever. So yeah. to be quite honest, I would probably say, and this is going to sound really lame, Cornwall. If I go down a new key in the winter and just enjoy the, the wind and the nice meals in the restaurant and just sitting and, and relaxing, that'd be Not great. Mike, because you originally had a face of the light, you were going to say it's more trouble than it's worth, which is when yeah. I know you were. Forget it. Yeah. yeah. Forget it. I live in Nottingham. I'll pop out to Melton Mowbray for a while. Mike, have you got anything for us? I was going to joke and say Nottingham and Salford, but you've already, you just said Nottingham. So. Yeah, you don't want to come to um, Nottingham. <laughs> honestly, man, like Galway or something. Somewhere to go. Somewhere. D- Donegal. Somewhere nice. Donegal. Turn the phone off. Donegal. Hi. Yeah. So you nice. could be our Galway boy, as Ed Sheeran kind of said. Not really. Sounds like, it sounds somewhere. like a podcast. If I went hmm? somewhere far flung for two weeks, there would be a real danger of not coming back. Like if well, I really, because I would really like to go to Japan and really embrace it and feel <gasps> what's going on there. If I did two weeks in Japan and enjoyed it, because they have such a different lifestyle to us, and you just fell in love with it, I'd be like, you know what? There's no need to return. Japan is a fantastic shout. Domo the first Arigato. month of the off season is going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Domo Arigato, Mister Roboto. Um, I love it. You know what? It's been a great show. 
I've loved sharing this time with Ollie and Mike, as I usually do. It's been a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please, please get in touch with us. As we said, Ollie's going to be giving away a subscription next week, provided that we win the game show that we play. Make sure you hit us up with your questions at uh, mcfsquestions at gmail.com. Remember, you can find us on Twitter all over the place. You've got at Ollie Connolly, at the underscore Tommy underscore more. You've got at Michael underscore NFL. You've got at Gridiron. You've got all that good stuff. But the most important thing is that you enjoy the NFL games this weekend and you come down on Aaron Rodgers like a ton of bricks when he mails it in one more time. So for now, it's goodbye from the Beanie Baby. Goodbye. He's going to kill me for that after the show. It's goodbye from Ollie Connolly. Goodbye. That's the Godfather. He's going to shoot me as well. And it's goodbye from me. Have yourself a great weekend. So, will it be skiing? or Christmas markets on a city break. Skiing or a city break. Some problems are good problems to have. Especially with flights this winter from $29.99 one way and package holidays from £159 per person. Get booking at easyjet.com. Selected dates, holidays at all protected based on two adults for three nights. Travel restrictions and T's and C's apply.